And now, back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistan. And we are back. One line open, one 888 We are trying to talk about um, preparation for marriage, post-marriage dynamics, stressful uh, circumstances. Um, you know, especially, you know, in a situation where Michael's call was just really good, re- really germane. And I, I'm so glad he set the context from a biblical level here. He's a believer and uh, he knows something about relationships and he knows something about both the blessing and burdens and struggles of it. He does not want to be single. He is, uh, as it were, uh, cohering together the the biblical narrative that it is not good for man to be alone. He's heard me expound on that. That's very much so. He's heard the exhortational warning of Paul in 1 Corinthians 7 that says it is not good for a man to touch a woman. That he's heard that. And then he's also heard 1 John chapter 5, 14, that if we ask anything according to his will, God will give it to us. He'll hear our petition. He's heard that. So he's holding the tension of the original design, the warning, and then the promise. That's the way you do it. And then you establish a protocol for preparing for that inevitable day by trusting God and working on yourself. Then you also make sure that you have a level of accountability by which, as you're working on yourself, you are striving lawfully to be the kind of man that Michael says uh, he wants to be. And it's absolutely true. This can be both for the man and the woman. For those of you who are part of our last rules of engagement class, I forgot what the series was, <clears throat> but I really did press certain spiritual characteristics relative to our uh, personalities. And I said, one of the difficulties that's going to occur if you start dating someone with preparation for marriage and you guys have two different value systems and those value systems are radically different. <clears throat> Brothers, if you are seeking to get a 10 and you've got these expectations of what a 10 is, seven of them are physical, three of them are spiritual and mental, you're living in Disneyland. You're living in Disneyland. The only way that you achieve a 73 ratio of uh, of the kind of woman you want is to create that within the context of the relationship. It doesn't come to you that way. Somebody will get that revelation. You don't have a 10 by a person walking up to you. That's a seven or eight physically and then a nine or a 10 spiritually and uh, emotionally. When they come to you right, if you are level headed, feet on the ground, concretely committed to biblical principles, they may be a four or five physically. And then they may be a six or seven or eight mentally and spiritually. They may be more qualified uh, spiritually than they are physically. But if you really understand how to build a relationship, you do it from the inside. And this is where a man will find a good wife because he will understand potentials, potentials that are designed to make him better. Remember now, I'm getting ready to go to the phone lines, but remember when you are seeking to marry someone, you are seeking to better yourself. Not to simply flank your arms with some chick or flank your arms with some dude. When you are married, when you are seeking to marry someone, you are seeking someone to help assist you in fulfillment 
of the Amajo Day relative to the twain becoming one flesh. We don't have to buy into the faulty cultural uh, norm that you are sufficient all by yourself. If that was the case, then nobody get married and then God would be a liar and we would all be lost because the Bible would make it very clear that that God has lied about the fact that it is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper that is appropriate to him, a compliment to him that is like him but opposite of him in order to bring about a completion of the divine design in terms of male and female. So my wife, in a very specific way, uh, brings about a completion and maturity in me that I could never do for myself and vice versa. The tensions, the conflicts, the cooperation, the compromise, the cohering of objectives, are designed to mature us in the context of marriage. Somebody say amen. Those who actually know something about marriage. So when you are actually wanting to be married, you are confessing that there is a lacking on your part. Just be honest about it. All right, let me go to line number two and talk with Jamila in Castro Valley. Jamila, sorry for being so long. Are you still there? (laughs) I'm here. All right. What's going on? So I have a question unrelated to the topic. Okay. Are you... Are you familiar with the San Francisco Bay International Christian Church? Yeah, I am. What are your thoughts on that? Mm, What's the point? So there's like small groups of college kids Uh who visit the college campuses. It seems seems like they have an evangelical ministry. Well, they have for a long time. They've been doing it for a long time. And it's fundamentally works, works works religion. Exactly. And that's has nothing to do it has nothing it has nothing it's it hideously works religion i didn't really need to deal with the title or the name of the of the institution but long ago it used to be the san francisco church of christ but they've expanded it because they are marketing technique uh savvy now but largely what we're dealing with what we're dealing with is is um uh, zealous religionist of the ilk of works religion that are relatively uh exclusivistic they used to be real radical about unless you join their church you can't be saved because the churches of christ held to a um almost an abominable uh arminian uh position of salvation fully works. Uh, you, you're mm-hmm. saved by going to their church. You're saved by following their formula of salvation. You're saved by staying right. part of their churches. And it's very cultic and very controlling yeah. and very destructive. And no one can call and say that I'm not telling the truth because Jamila, I know it from experience from 30 something years ago. Know it, know it inside and out. I would tell my children, don't touch it with a 10 foot pole, but my kids know the gospel and they know the difference between the stink smell of man-centered religion uh, uh, versus the truth of the glory of the gospel of the person and work of Christ. And uh, and so that's that's that with that. No, that's confirmation. That's Mm -hmm. all I needed to know. Yeah, you knew it already. I did. I just wanted to confirm. They approached my daughter and of course um, we have to rush down there this past Sunday and just let her know, no, yep. this is not it. No, nope. so, not even yeah. close. Not even close. Yeah. Tell your daughter, do not check her brain at the door. Tell your daughter she's she's already been taught what the gospel is, and if a if a person is not coming to them to point them to Christ exclusively, with the church being secondary exactly. as a component to aid and abet their growth in their own personal walk with Christ, then they have a substitute gospel that is damnable and worthy of anathema. 
And that's exactly what we were explaining to her mm-hmm. yesterday. Mm-hmm. So, well, I you know, that. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, those are our babies and they have a tendency yeah. to, to get led astray. But fortunately, they've got zealous mamas and daddies. And that's the way that's the way we do it. Yeah. Thank you, Pastor. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Let me go to line number four and talk with Ben in Oakland. Ben, what's your question or observation or comment, sir? Yeah, um, I just want to thank you for doing it. Hey, man, you know what? I'd love to talk with you, but you sound like you're under an underpass or driving in the back of a truck. Uh, No. There we go. I am outside, but um, there we go. noisy. Mm -hmm. But what I was asking is... um, is there a way to know the 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 one and only? Um, can you just like pick out somebody who, you know, uh, who, who you're vibing with, or who has all, who passes all the the six things that you said? Uh-huh. Or is there just one one girl that God wants you to be with? No, like it's not the, just uh, one. Not Isaac, with... uh, Isaac Rebecca thing. No, it's not just one. No, that's the Old Testament paradigm that actually is confined to a larger covenant scheme relative to God's purpose of bringing Jesus into the world. So as Paul put it in Galatians 3.16, the promise was unto Abraham and to his seed, not seeds plural, uh, that is many, but seeds singular, even Christ. And so God handpicked persons that would be part of the uh, progenitorive work of uh, advancing the, the seed until Jesus would come. So God picked Adam and Eve and God picked Noah and his wife and God picked uh, Shem uh, and Japheth, and then God picked um, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then God picked the 12 tribes, and then God picked the tribe of Judah, and the tribe of Judah becomes the uh, warrior tribe, the monarchial tribe that brings in King Jesus, uh, the son of David, the son of Jesse, the son of Abraham, the son of God. Uh, And so once that occurred, the seed has come, uh, those kinds of specific details Uh, detailed uh, sort of workings of God's providence have now been generalized. And so here's the, here's the real thing, Ben, if one actually is able to put together a composite of what a, a good person, male or female is, then you still have to filter that process through a larger, more safe, safeguarded system. That is, it has to be placed in the context where, uh, where you can, where you can have the opportunity for godly women to come your way. And then I mean, biblical women that have the potential for a, those measures of godliness. And then it needs to be filtered through an accountability process by which both you and her um, can determine safely uh, some some real legitimate and viable uh, potential future prospects. It needs to be done in the light and in the open. One of the drastic errors that couples make is that they end up isolating themselves in the process of developing a relationship and things get distorted. Uh, it really does need to be done in a much more or accountable, accountable, accountability-driven context by which we can explore these things in a safeguarded way. And when once that's done, where you get the witness of two or three, you get the testimony of two or three witnesses, people are able to say, yeah, Ben, I think, you know, she's a keeper. I think you're good for her and she's good for you because in the context of fellowship, we can actually see things on a more objective level than you even uh, can see. Uh, and we would affirm that the way the Bible does lay out the um, <clears throat> the joining together of a man and a woman is not only the man and the woman as if they are isolated worlds with no other world to be a part of it, but largely their families and their communities. Biblical marriage is the consequence of two people joining together in community and the community affirming the relationship. You never see in the Bible 
where couples come together in an isolated way and they just kind of do their thing and end up married. Uh, No, it's always community involved in it. So we do really want to start becoming biblical these days about marriage. And, uh, and so I do help. I hope that helps. Are you seeking Ben? I am. Um, oh, good. Because I, I already plan to go to, you know, premarital counseling and, uh, you know, marriage workshops to keep the marriage going, always dating and, I, uh, uh, you know, date nights and stuff like that. Sure. I listen to focus on the family. And, sure. You know, I'm trying to become a, you know, become a godly man uh, through the process and stuff like that. And um, I'm just wondering if, like, there's, like, a, some sort of arranged marriage from God because that's what I would want, you know, and not pick myself because – Everybody I meet that that's married, they're always, and they get divorced. They're like, "Whatever you do, don't get married." You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I say, "Yo, I'm gonna uh, do it. I'm gonna do it the Lord's way, and uh, you know, have Him pick." And absolutely, sure I'm not just picking for the you know, absolutely. like you said, the brick house. Well, the way like that, that you like, the way that you will secure that the Lord brings her to you is that you are prayerfully dispositioned to wait for Him to reveal her to you, um, versus you jumping the gun. So they're going to be prerequisites that you want to follow, and then you want to have it echoed and affirmed by good. Men and good women who can speak to the providence of God in bringing that person about. That's really the way that is going to be done. Like I said, it's going to be a community thing. Amen. Okay, brother, what, 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 um, last thing I want to say is keep doing this, man, because the last time you uh, you did a marriage thing was, uh, I think, on 328. Sure. I was trying to download it from uh, SoundCloud. Uh-huh. I mean, maybe, you, maybe once a month do something on marriage because <laughs> there's a lot of brothers out here and sisters who – that's what we want to know. You know exactly. What I mean? and we don't really get it from anywhere else. And since you do it on Mondays, I mean, just speak about marriage more if you can, if you have the time or if you have the topic. But I, 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 will, I, will, I will take that in a heartily way, Ben, because I know that it's needed. I certainly will. Thank you, my brother. Blessings. I got to take a break. All the lines are open. No, one line, uh, three lines open. one 888 Ben is right. We need to talk more about it. Crystal-centrically, biblically. Spiritually, I'm going to talk about the five ways we can destroy our marriages when we come back on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistand. All right, we're back. Three lines open, one triple eight. Three six seven five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Ben had some very good observations to make, and uh he's right. Which actually goes to the point that I was making earlier, you guys, and that is to say this. Yes, we live in a crazy world. It's war ridden <laughs> and, 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 and sin is pervasive everywhere. And yet we still want to get married. We still want to do the normalcy of relationships in a covenant context and, and, uh, and propagate and, uh, and love God in the context of family. We still want to do that. Why? Because the spirit of the living God restrains humanity on these levels because God has a people for his, uh, own, his own praise and glory that he wants to bring into the sphere of the kingdom of God. And it's going to largely be through the context of, of families and nations and, and tribes and kindred and tongues as Revelation chapter 5 verse 9 makes it very clear, redeemed out of every nation, kindred, tribe, uh, and tongue, men and, women, men and women for his glory. That is sons and daughters. That is married folks. That is children. And so, yeah, we, we're, we're doing the will of God when we move in that direction. But as a believing single person, you really do want to strive to be able to prepare yourself in a lawful fashion so that once you enter into the institution, you have all of the potential for success. Let me go to line number uh, three and talk with Joel in San Francisco. Joel, what's your quest- question or comments today, Joel? Hey, 
Uh, I echo the uh, thoughts of uh, my brothers on the phone line. I thank you so much for taking my call. Uh I I think this is a topic that needs to be uh, spoken about because it's not only for uh, a person that is already married, but it's a person that's also looking for a a person that they can get to know and and, and be with. Mm -hmm. And all the characteristics that you explained, Mm -hmm. um, I, I just see that those are so vital because, you know, a woman comes home to her husband, and if she's had a hard day, she she needs that that man of God there to to help her out and straighten her out and get her mind right. And you know, just just going to work and and driving in traffic can be pretty trying. Yes, and, it can and, and take a lot out of you. Yep. And I, I just think that that you know, uh, what what your topic is tonight, it, it's it's very very much needed because I've been married 37 years, and I can tell you right now that me and my wife we can talk about anything to each other and it wasn't always like that of so course you, not you you got to put the work in and she she uh she knew the lord before i did and she kept praying and 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 now you know i i know the lord and i understand all the answers to her prayer and, and you know these are just things that strengthen me as yeah. a man of god to be able to help others and help my marriage and help my wife when we have times and i sure. just want to say one more thing about the uh we have a, a prayer, uh, a suicide prevention prayer ministry line, and we really need operators right now because we, well, the volume is picked up, and and we just wanted to uh, re mention that with you. Absolutely. Now, do me a little bit of of a favor because I think last time we talked about it, there was kind of a and and sort of a, a lack of clarity on how to get a hold of you. Can you express clearly um, uh, how to get a hold of? Uh, this ministry by which people who have the time to support and answer phone calls and serve men and women out there who are in dire uh, psychological and emotional and spiritual need for someone to talk to them. What's the name of the ministry and how to get a hold of it? There are people out there for which we will pray here shortly that they will get involved. I know some of our folks at Grace have gotten involved since hearing last time, but of course you always need people that are in the posture of the priesthood praying for people who are in peril. So tell me about the ministry. The ministry is uh, Suicide Prevention Prayer Line. Mm-hmm. It's on Google, and the phone number is one eight six six to jesus They can call uh, that number directly or call my number at 650-215-0363. And my name is Joel. And uh, what happens is we've had some operators have dropped off. Sure. That, that sure. wanted to come on, but... Uh, after uh, uh, some some things that came up, we had to uh, be obedient to the Lord, and and we knew that uh, it was not their time yet. And we don't we don't fault not at all anybody. Yes, not at all. We also have people that call that need help and need prayer, and then we send a text out, and it goes out to thirty five prayer warriors yeah. all across the state, right? And they begin praying, <clears throat> and uh, we also have callback people that we could use some more of those, but the operators are needed, too. They call people back after they called the the phone line, one eight six six to jesus and we pray with them, and they're the ones that follow up and find out uh, if they still need more uh, you know, fellowship with yep. us. And me and my brothers, we get together, and then we get on a conference call, and we begin <laughs> to continue to pray for those, for those people also. And we have a ton of testimonies, and, and the Lord's... Uh, mighty hand working in all these people's uh, issues. And there's a lot of uh, teenagers that are coming through the lines and people addicted to alcohol, drugs, marriage problems, having a lot of people with that. Yeah. But the Lord, the Lord is faithful. 
The Lord is faithful, and, and, you know, if you ask him for help and you come to him and you're broken, he's going to show up big. Always. And that's what that's what he's been doing. That's and, right. and, you know, we just kind of wanted to mention that tonight on your show, that, that we, we need operators, and we're 24-7, we're a nonprofit, and uh, it's all calls are confidential. We do not, um, you know. Of have, course. Yeah, of course. We don't, and I, we don't yeah. And no, no. Excellent, Joe. No, you know that we are driven as a fellowship to be evangelical, and you know we have laid down the two prongs of our ministry, and that is to be prophetic and then also to be priestly. And what you're dealing with is the priestly element that also opens the door for you to be prophetic, to preach the gospel and to to call men to uh, the only ultimate solution for our problems is the Lord Jesus Christ, not exclusive, but ultimate. Uh, And so that priestly posture is something that the church is lacking on in many areas. I've been stating it for a long time that our our churches um, here in the West have a problem with uh, exuberance, wealth, uh, prominence, uh, settle on their lees, being at ease. They don't have an urgency for their own soul, and therefore they don't have an urgency for the souls of others. This is truly a Laodicean period in which we are living here. And so when the clarion call for help goes out, um, the, the, the church is asleep in many ways. I'm, 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 it's just a fact. It's just, I, I don't care how fat the church looks on Sunday, it's sleep in many ways. Um, the number that you have just shared, um, if we were li- literally dealing with a vital community of believers here in California, uh, and we're learning statistically that much of church um, has uh, significant uh, levels of superficiality and lack of spiritual vitality in it. Even in our most popular churches, um, the, the the quality of professing believers and their uh, and their legitimate testimony is very much questionable. Um, but there are singles, there are married couples who um, are well-to-do, there are retired people out there who certainly are asking the Lord, Lord, what can I do with my free time. You can call 1-866-TO-JESUS, 1-866-TO-JESUS, or my friend and brother Joel, 1-650-215-0363, and talk with Joel. He'll help you get connected and I am sure that they can accommodate your schedule so that you can become one of the soldiers on the front line who might be able to turn a sinner from the error of his ways as the last portion of the book of James, which we are seeking to mature in, will teach us. We see three postures of the perfect man in the book of James. Three postures. His first posture is that of perseverance. That's James chapter 1 verse 12. His second posture is that of prudence with his words. That's James chapter 3 verse 2 his third and final posture is that of prevailing prayer that works with God to get the job done now that's a mature believer a mature believer knows how to endure trials a mature believer knows how to control his tongue so that he is speaking edification and in life as it were by the spirit of God into the lives of men and women as he points them as she points them to Christ and a mature believer understands that prayer is not only only 
an option. It is fundamental and it is crucial and it is essential to the will of God getting done. And we need prayer warriors all over this world uh, to get on the front lines and help the people who are going to call. Can you imagine? I'm going to let you go here. I got to take a break. Thank can you, you can you imagine being an individual who has one of these 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 uh you know newfangled cell phones by the goodness of God? You're you're wealthy if you're an American, and on that you've got all your Bible ops, you got all your Bible programs, your good Christian music, et cetera, et cetera, for your soul to be fed. <clears throat> but you are not using that blessed technology to feed somebody else's soul. Just put one more line on your cell phone. One more line on your cell phone, one eight six six to Jesus, and become an operator on the front line to bless somebody for just one hour a day. Just one hour a day. If we can get a thousand people to join this ministry for just one hour a day, sequentially, the hours throughout a 24-hour period, we could see some work get done. We could really see some work get done. And uh, and Joel, I'm going to believe God for a portion of that occurring um, because I know how God works. He works on the right hand and he works on the left. He works in the obvious and the, 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 the present and providential, but he works in the obscure and the mysterious in the background where people don't know because there's a day coming when he's going to pull back the veil And everybody's going to see the truth, the truth of those who were really laboring in Jesus name for the glory of the father and by the power of the spirit to communicate the gospel exactly the way Jesus said it, the exact way Jesus said it, not only the exact way he said it, but the exact way he did it, exact way the early church did it. They didn't just wait until they were on TV or radio to do something because they understood that the reward comes at the end when Jesus is going to bring to light every hidden thing. The hidden works of godly people serving in the obscurity of those highways and byways and spaces where only spirit-filled men and women who are authentically ready for the frontline battles of dealing with painful problems and troubles of the souls of men at the level of prayer. We're not supermen. We're not even the one that can get them healed, but we're willing to hear them and pray for them and, and ask to ask God to do for them what they can't do for themselves. This is ministry in that regard. And it is so pragmatic because you don't even have to leave your home. You can sit up with a cup of tea, cup of coffee and be part of the ministry that our brother is talking about. Now, Joe, give me the name of the ministry one more time. Joe left him. Prevention Prayer Line. What is it called? Uh, Suicide Prevention Prayer Line. Suicide Prevention Prayer Line. Suicide Prevention Prayer Line. We are going to be working to increase the, um, the soldiers to step up to do that work. We definitely are going to do that. And we're going to thank God for being gracious enough to smile on the work. And I'm thanking you for calling. And I want you to call me again in about three weeks to, um, to, to tell me how it's going. Okay. I will bless you. Got to take a break. All the lines are open. Give me a call. One triple eight, three, six, seven, five, three, two, nine. We'll be right back. And now back to lifeline with Jesse Gistand. And we're back the time six forty two. Um, I've got one line open, one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. As we get ready to go to the phone lines, I'll be glad to take your calls, but I'm going to uh saturate your ears with the next topic, and that is the intramarital conflict that uh when these <clears throat> five things are done, we can be sure that we are murdering 
our marriages. Um, and this particular article was written by one Josh Squires from a blog ministry called Christian Living. And I thought that this was just compelling. The first thing that we can be sure which will kill a marriage is expecting perfection from our spouse. You say, no, I'm not expecting that. Yes, you are. If you are doing these things. Uh, Point number one, he says, if you expect perfection from your wife or from your husband, you are killing your marriage. So what does that look like? He says, well, first of all, to expect perfection is to forget John's comment in first John chapter one, eight, where it's very clear that, uh, that we all sin. Um, and the person that says that they're not a sinner is a liar and the truth is not in them. Instead, fix your mind on the faultless, fix your mind on the faultless spouse of your imagination while diligently marking your partner's every transgression. Notice what he said. Expect perfection by only fixing your mind on the faultless spouse of your imagination. Because the spouse that you have is not spotless, faultless. And they certainly are not a a consequence of your imagination. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you have this ideal spouse in your mind who's perfect, um, you're killing your marriage. Ruminate on their failures. That is the wife that you have or the husband that you have. Ruminate on their failures and let each incident be part of a grand narrative of your spouse's incompetence. Just make them utterly and totally incompetent in your mind. And then forget Paul's counsel of uh, let no bitterness dwell in your hearts and don't go to bed, you know, with anger and, and, and bitterness in your heart. Counsel yourself by remembering, listen, console yourself by remembering that you are the victim. So there are three things under this first point that's clear. If I am expecting perfection out of my spouse. And that's the standard. I'm not going to go for anything else. I am always holding her sins against her. I am holding her up over against some imaginary chick or sister that's perfect. And then in the bitterness of my soul, I am consoling myself as the victim. Now, you see what I mean by expecting perfection? Number two, emote, but don't communicate. Emote, but don't communicate. What does he mean by this? Um, The idea of emoting, but not communicating is the rolling of the eyes. Uh, listening for the kind of uh, suckers and speaking softly as if you are weak and and not and, and not talking to your spouse, but under your breath and and letting yourself be tossed to and fro by kind of every emotional uh, thought that would uh, drive you to a what we call passive aggressive disposition. Emote and cry and whine as if you don't have a voice and if you don't have enough love for your spouse to say, "Hey, we need to talk." That'll that'll kill it. Uh, the exhortation of scripture is that communication that is full of grace, love and truth. Even though the truthful part can be hard, these commandments were obviously written for spiritual people um, or at least someone who is really serious about working through their relationships. If you want to avoid these texts, Colossians 4, 6, 1 Peter 3, 10, uh, Ephesians 4, 15, James chapter 1, 19, again, being quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, that verse, we throw those verses out of the window in the context of our marriage when we are in an adversarial role with them because we we actually want to kill the marriage. So the first one is expect perfection. The second one is, is to emote rather than talk. 
It's kind of a childishness there. Third one, keep your options open. Now, that's dangerous, isn't it? If you and I are constantly just thinking about how can I exit, what's the way out, which way to go, we are killing our marriage. Because until we shut the door and say it's just us two and we got to work it through, and we got to make it better come hell or high water, which I've been saying now for the last several weeks, even, you know, repetitively, till death do us part by the grace of God. See it? If we are not doing that, if we're keeping our option open, we are killing our marriage. Fourthly, if we're looking out for number one, when we get to the place where we are doing things for me, not him, not us, me, we're killing the marriage. Nothing is more important than your momentary individual happiness. And by nothing, I mean not even God himself. Refuse to imagine a God who wants you to be unhappy, even if it leads to loving Jesus and being more like him. In other words, the author is saying this. If you have a difficult marriage, it's designed to drive you to Jesus. And driving you to Jesus, if you are a true believer, ultimately makes you happy. All things work together for good to them that love God. I know that for an experience, both husbands and wives know that we have a tendency to drive each other to Jesus by our imperfections. And once we get there, we go, oh, okay, I see. (laughs) If my spouse hadn't done that, I wouldn't be here. Hallelujah. And, uh, And we see then how a husband and wife are really designed to be sanctifying elements in each other's lives. While as yet, we should be doing that from a positive side. God does make all things work together. But if I am looking for an exit strategy, I'm always holding stuff against her and I'm operating out of a total passive aggressive mode. And then fifthly, here's the main one. I'm not seeking help. I'm not going to ask for counsel. I'm not going to ask somebody for advice as to how I'm thinking or how I'm feeling or what I'm doing. Nope. I'm isolating myself because I don't want to hear from God. I don't want God to tell me something other than I am thinking through. That's how you kill a marriage. This is exactly how you kill a marriage. Expect perfection. Emote instead of communicate, you know, finding fault, being uh, being being angry all the time, keeping your option open, looking out for number one and not seeking help. Let me go to line number two and talk with Jackie and Pinot. Jackie, what's your question, observation or comment today? Yeah. Hi, I'm just calling because I caught the end of the previous call. Uh, the guest who was talking about the suicide um, hot prayer hotline yes. and um, they were looking for volunteers. Uh huh. And uh, I'm a you're fading. A you're fading out on me. I have to talk quick. I'm on my way to Bible study, but okay. I'm a registered nurse, okay. and I work with a lot of patients that I encounter on a daily basis. Yes, who have had suicide attempts, who've actually committed the act, or yep. the thoughts Attempted, and a lot yeah. of depression. And I'm interested in becoming one of those volunteers. And I'm actually rushing going to Bible study, but I wanted to know if there's some information you can put out there that I can catch up get later and call somebody or something absolutely like that. absolutely do you know about our ministry grace bible church in hayward yes can, do you know how to call our office uh if you're on the website i can get that information absolutely call my secretary and she'll give you all the data about uh suicide prevention uh, uh hotline our prayer line and, and we would love to have you on the team awesome thank you so much thank you blessings have a great bible study let me go to line number let's see who is first let me go to line number three and talk with deborah in oakland deborah how are you what's your question or observation or comment um, hello deb hi jesse hi what's going on jesse that applies to everybody if you cannot relate to people like you said yeah then 
that applies to singles as well as to married people because you have to be healthy and you have to be able to do that. Yep. In a single situation as well as a marriage situation. Absolutely. There's, there's no doubt about it. It's relational. Marriage is the paradigm of it. In God's book, he doesn't see us as not really having family. You know what I mean? God doesn't kind of just see us as out there as familyless. So even though we're single, um, we, we're supposed to have had a model of that with mom and dad. Uh, and big brothers and big sisters to prepare us for our turn if that door was to open. But absolutely, this is the this is the Christian paradigm. It's Christ in the church. It's the sons and daughters of God with with God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ as our husband and big brother. Right? Yes. Absolutely, we're supposed to be able to be this way with one another as well. But in as much as you know, Deb, just we just got a lot of single brothers and sisters out there. You know that just just hankering for uh, relationships and some of us are married and, and inside the marriage we're just having tons of problems and Jesse also the fact that people um, when they don't agree that's a sign that they need to work on something and they need to get a qualified person to work with them not somebody that they will know will agree with them, but will not help them become more whole than they are. I agree fully. Um, and that's where, as I, as I was talking to some of the earlier single guys about um, a healthy con- accountability structure, a, a healthy accountability system by which we can affirm our, our growth as, as well as um, choices for um, relationship um, um, you know, health and, and prosperity, et cetera, et cetera. I, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses is every word established in the multitude of counselors. There is safety with good advice. You make your war, et cetera, et cetera. And that's what community is supposed to be about, right? Uh, yes. Jesse, could I ask you a question unrelated to that, though? Sure. About the ministry called readbible.com. Is that a legitimate ministry? You know what? I'm gonna have to look it up, and then you're gonna have to. Uh, we're gonna have to revisit that that question uh, next week because I don't know. Is it Read Bible like R E A D? Bible dot com. It's advertised by KFAX, but it re- that doesn't necessarily mean that it's agreed. You know. <laughs> agreed. So okay. I will. Is it R E Bible dot com? R-E-A, I guess. R-E-A-D, I don't know because I don't have a computer. Oh, that's right. I assume it's R-E-A-D dot com. So I'll tell you what, I'll check on it, and then next week, the Lord willing, and we are alive and living well, which is what James told us to do in James chapter 5, James chapter 4, um, that we are to say, if uh, if I get a chance to look it up, I'll check it out, and then I'll give a, a brief comment on it. Is it something that you've involved yourself with yet? Didn't my sister go away? Oh, it's good hearing from you. Sometimes when Deb sounds like she's crying, she's not really crying. Maybe she's in a little bit of pain, but she's not always crying. And then sometimes she's really, really happy. But in in fact, I'm glad she's doing well. I really appreciate the nurse who called. I really did. Um, Look at that, you guys. Look at that. So I'm happy right now only because not only do I get a chance to just talk to so many people out there about the things of God, um, you know, and I don't have to be here. God knows that I know it, and God knows I know it, and I'm thankful for it. I'm so thankful that I'm a voice on the air um, with my brothers and sisters, but being also a catalyst to push us in a direction of not being so selfish and narcissistic and and consumed with what we do. A nurse called and said, I'm going to get involved. Now, think about that. That sister's already on the front lines. 
dealing with trauma issues, dealing with problematic situations, dealing with life or death matters, dealing with people who have all sorts of um, challenges, uh, emergency situations that are extremely, extremely uh, troublesome. Uh, areas of life, traumas of life that you and I are seeking to avoid every day. And yet she's in the midst of it. This is why I also call nurses and doctors who are in their right mind heroes. Heroes. This is to going to get her some word in. She's going to continue helping somebody as is her vocation. And then she wants to be part of that prayer line. So I'm going to be praying for this prayer line ministry to just grow and abound uh, because I just know, I know there are so many of us out there who are not really redeeming the time because the days are evil, that we are not um, taking opportunity as we ought to, to be missional in, in the uh, areas in which God is open, opening doors for that. So again, I'm just going to declare it um, as it is. It is suicide prevention uh, prayer line, suicide prevention prayer line one eight. Six six to Jesus one eight six six to Jesus, um, or you can call my brother Joel at one six five zero two one five zero three six three one six five zero two one five zero three six three. And again, I do want to say these, uh, share this again with you. If you're like, Pastor, say it one more time. Say it one more time about what are those characteristics and traits that um, are inclined for us who are inside the marriage by which if we are doing these things, we are setting ourselves up for uh, real problems as soon as I can find them. Here it is. What the author says is if... We are holding to a notion of our spouse being perfect, a notion of our spouse being perfect. Then we are absolutely killing our marriage. If he has to do everything exactly the way you want him to do it, you are not in a process of sanctification yourself. Because how many of you guys know, how many of you guys know that when the Lord is working on us, he is largely helping us see that the way we think is not right. I mean, righteousness and that which is constituted in our own perception as right doesn't first feel right to us. It's just right because it's right. It's right because God says so. And if my heart is not right, then it's my heart, not what I perceive is right. And yes, none of us do it the way all the rest of us want it to be done. But I really like this, don't you? Under point number one, we've got this imaginary perfect person for which we are holding up our spouse over against, and our spouse can never, ever achieve that perfection. But guess what? Switch her with you or him with you, lady. And you put yourself in the position of your spouse with her having an imaginary perfect person. And how do you fare there? Expecting perfection will kill your marriage. Emoting instead of communicating. Now, if we are emoting, guess what we're doing? We're demonstrating the childish tendency of not really being clear on why we feel the way we do and not really being clear on whether or not we have just grounds to feel the way we do. So we would rather hold it to ourselves because we may not be right in the way we're feeling, but we don't want to expose that by saying to our spouse, this is the way I'm thinking, because our spouse might be saying, okay, I'm sorry you're thinking that way, but you're wrong and you don't want to be corrected by your spouse. That's really the bottom line of it. I don't want my spouse to just have the right to be able to say, yep, you're, you're thinking jacked up. 
Number three, keep your options open. That's crazy. But you know, that's how we think, don't we? Exit strategy This is what we call the flight mode in marriage. Exit strategy. And fourthly, looking out for number one. This is how you know you're killing the marriage. When you wake up every day and it's about you and not him and about him and not you. We're killing it. Love always serves the other. And then finally, we don't seek help. That's foolishness, ladies and gentlemen. I have got to go. Pray for me. I'll pray for you. And Lord willing, we'll see each other next week. God bless you. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.